live from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Whenever that intro, you know that it is your Relief Network featuring African Muslims Agency this morning. I'm your host Aisha Latu. On this beautiful day, Tuesday the 20th of June 2017, corresponding with the 25th of Ramadan 1438. Where's the month gone, subhanAllah? Well, today featuring African Muslims Agency and we have Sister Shiham Atalib, the Overseas AMA Project M in Malawi, and also Sheikh Saad Atalib, who's the Sheikh and uh, very instrumental in the Overseas AMA Project as well as in Malawi and in Mozambique. And not forgetting, we have um, Father Sibda, who's the administrator at the Cape Town office. Assalamu alaikum and a warm welcome to the um, studios of the Voice of the Cape once again. Shah, I know we had you in last week, so you're quite comfortable in the seat and the ladies the week before. So since you're still hot in it, I think, you know, um, when one looks at the 25th day of Ramadan already, you know, you know, people once there's they still a need to cleanse their monies and they know that there's so many organizations, uh, subhanAllah. But just speaking about, you know, the few days left of Ramadan and how they can assist various organizations as well as MA. I think first of all, we should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm who enable us to fast this beautiful 25th days of uh, Ramadan and we're looking forward for the next few days and inshallah mm-hmm. we'll accomplish Ramadan and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all our deeds. If you look at the activities of the society in interaction and interacting with all the Islamic charitable organizations in the country and in the Cape in particular, I think we see amazing uh, support from the community to all charitable organizations who are doing good work. I think there is great awareness among the community that there is need to support the less privileged and the more needy people. And especially in this uh, holidays and holy months of Ramadan, where the thawab uh, could be re- uh, multiplied and uh, the work, inshallah, could be expanded to as many uh, as possible. Sheikh, we speak about various organizations within community and major organizations, international and national organizations. When one looks at, you know, your choice of organization, what is it that you should look for as a donor? I think uh, my perhaps advice or experience to the donor is to act and to contribute to an organization where he can interact with them, where he can be, uh, he can feel more comfortable to talk to them, to find their projects, to perhaps visit some of their projects if, if possible, and where they uh, have a good uh, two-way communication. Inshallah, Sheikh, is it important that you as the donor should be able to suggest where you want your monies to go? Perhaps with, with regards to um, you, we're looking at AMA feeding the water wells and all of those things, the boreholes. So, as as a donor, can you say that uh, with with my money, I would love to contribute towards something, um, you know, like this or that, with whichever project you're currently busy, busy with. You know, the, all organizations, they have many projects. And yes. I think the variety of the projects is giving also variety to the donors to choose from. So it's the passion of the donor himself. At, at the time also, at the time of when, at the time of giving, perhaps he has a certain particular passion. Maybe perhaps in a, a person was sick, he would like to feed maybe yes. the poor and the needy way he was deprived of 
eating good food for some time because of the sickness. When uh, somebody maybe experience shortage of water, then at that particular time he would like to contribute for a water well or a borehole or any water project. So the variety of projects, it's giving again variety of opportunities and chances to the donors to interact and contribute towards it. Sheikh, I think our local donors might be thinking Malawi and Mozambique, so if we're providing, you know, monies for boreholes or wells, um, are they becoming self-sustainable with regards to, you know, the donations being delivered to those people? No doubt the water project that is water wells or boreholes is really uplifting the life of the people of Malawi and Mozambique, the life of the families, the education of the of the communities. As many times we emphasize the point that girls used to walk uh, kilometers to fetch water every day and because of that they were not able to go to school. Today with the water wells or the borehole, they're able to uh, fetch their water from nearby place and they are able to go to school. So you are contributing directly and indirectly to the upliftment of the community. Alhamdulillah, let's speak locally. Last week when we spoke, you mentioned that you'll be going um, and you'll be feeding, I think it was Kalicha or Guguletu. What yes. was that like? <laughs> yeah, actually, we did local uh, feeding at yes. uh, Kayalicha and it was well received. You know, I always encourage our Muslim community to interact actually with the less uh, privileged community in, in, in our region. I think uh, the majority are non-Muslims, minority are Muslims. Surprisingly, that the, the non-Muslim families are sending their children to the Islamic centers of uh, those uh, less privileged townships like Alicia and other places and encouraging them to become a Muslim and to act as Muslims because they simply saw the sincerity of the Muslim charitable organizations who are working there, the support they're giving the children, the care they're giving the children, the education, the feeding and all that it's happening through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost and with the generous donation of the donors of, of the Cape and the country at large. Sheikh, I think people might be asking, is it because it's the month of Ramadan that we speak about MA and what it is that they're doing? Or are they feeding throughout the year as well and not just during the month of Ramadan? I think every organization, they have the continuous program throughout the year. Perhaps they intensify the activities in Ramadan and more specifically maybe the feeding uh, of iftar program in Ramadan because it is an occasion where people need that iftar. Uh, you see, during the normal days uh, of, of the year, People may survive without food or they may delay their meal instead of lunch. They may take a dinner instead of breakfast. They may take lunch. They may take one meal a day at any given time where they are, uh, where they are able to, to, to take it. But in Ramadan, you are now restricted to a certain time to have your meal. And therefore, the need and support is required to support those people to have their meal at the right time of the iftar. Hence, the organization uh, handing the iftar into those areas where the need is arising. Sheikh, networking with local organizations on the ground, how important is that for you as an organization? I think the networking practically is happening because people have very much ethical work and I think they are coordinating with each other in terms of there is no any overlapping. I've never seen any overlapping of areas or programs on the ground, not in Cape Town or South Africa, not even in the region, which show that the organizations have reached a mature stage of coordinating with each other very cordially. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Father, coming to you as administrator at the Cape Town office, you know, just explain to our listeners the experience that you've you know, encountered as administrator. 
Well, alhamdulillah, uh, specifically with uh, Ramadan, you know, it's been uh, a wonderful month thus far, you know, just to speak a little bit about our Ramadan feeding um, during this month of Ramadan. In the beginning of the month, we had uh, were feeding at the Hazen, in Hazendal at Mishra Khalil, where we fed the underprivileged community there. And then two weeks ago, we did a mess iftar in Delft, alhamdulillah, where we assisted with um, the, the, the iftar meal. And then, of course, throughout Ramadan, in all regions, KZD and Johannesburg in Cape Town, we've been uh, distributing our Ramadan hampers and iftar and suhoor boxes. So, alhamdulillah, it's been a very prosperous month. Alhamdulillah. Do you find that locally, um, you know, people come into the office also whether it is to pay the zakah or they just, you know, want to donate towards the projects that you are currently busy with? Yes, yes, yes. We have we have had great, um, you know, in feedback and input from our Cape Town community in Cape Town. They've, you know, come into our offices inquiring about our feeding abroad as well as local, and they all very willing and and willing to help and assist us in our feeding um, in Cape Town as well. Sister Sham, we all know that you know Cape Town. We look at Cape Town and we see people on the streets. We see those less fortunate. But then I always say, you know what? If you look at other countries, then obviously we are still very fortunate because there's a neighbor that we can knock at, there's a door that you can knock at. But when it comes to overseas, speaking about Malawi, you've mentioned you know, two weeks ago, tell us about Malawi. Are there doors to knock at for others who, who does not have? No, Malawi is a completely different scenario. Everybody's poor, so no doors to knock at, but many doors to knock at at the same time. Um, a commu- um, the Malawian people live as communities, they love one another. There's so much peace in the uh, villages and their way of life. When somebody runs short on food, if the neighbor has something to share, they will share the meal. Um, this is their way of life, but no doors to knock on um, at all because of the extreme poverty of, of, of the general community. So it's a very different scenario. If you want to sketch the scenario to our listeners, you know, um, in your own experience, how do you express that to the listener? Um, well, from, from a female perspective, I'm sure, you know, we, uh, last week we said men, they normally think with the, you know, with the brains, but when it comes to women, we have a soft heart as well. <laughs> yes, if you, if, if you look at it from, um, uh, from your own motherly point, if yes. you look deep into families, then you can be very, very much affected by what you see. Um, the poverty in Malawi is really, really, I think, v- extremely bad. Um, it's not the poverty we are used to seeing because poverty is a way of life. Uh, everybody's poor. Um, Malawi is such a country that um, if you want to maintain your sanity, you can only spend a certain amount of time there. Then you need a break from it um, because the situation is really so so miserable uh, for the people. Um, as, as a woman looking into the lives of, of other women in Malawi, they do face so many challenges. Um, uh, the whole day of the women, uh, all the women and children, they spend their days um, doing manual work. Um, it's fetching of water, uh, finding firewood to, to light the fires, to cook their food, spending hours cooking their food because it's so slow on the fire. Um, cleaning their homes, having to work in the gardens to produce food. The, the whole day goes like that. So um, they, they're at a standstill. They, they don't find that they can progress. They don't get educated. They don't have opportunities. 
to uh, uplift themselves because all their time is being spent in, in, in with manual labor. Okay. Sheikh, coming back to you and knowing that you've been very instrumental since inception as uh, already so 30 years down the line and we're looking at how things you know evolved um, with AMA as well. Let you share that with our listeners. I think first of all AMA was the first organization, international organization, to come and establish its doors in South Africa at a time when the difficulties to establish such organization in the country under the apartheid regime was very uh, difficult task. But alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first and foremost, then with the generous support of the Muslim community and the donors, plus the experiences of Africa Muslim Agency worldwide and, and Africa at large, uh, helped us and uh, empowered us to establish the first offices in Johannesburg in 1987 under the directorship of Marhum Muhammad Farid Shunara. May Allah rest his soul in peace and increase his place in Jannah al-Firdaus. And from that time until now, I would say that many other organizations uh, saw the light through the African Muslim Agency, saw the courage through them, and they came to emulate the African Muslim Agency and support the charitable work in different ways. Uh, it was like a milestone for the charitable work in, in, in South Africa. This is why we are very proud that uh, we are the pioneering of the Islamic work and charitable work in Africa. At the same time, we congratulate all other organizations who came to do this a great job. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from all of us with full sincerity and full acceptance, inshallah. inshallah. Sheikh, looking at traveling to Malawi to and fro nowadays and looking back 30 years ago, was it difficult entering Malawi, uh, first of all, and also going back all the time? Was there a good relationship between yourselves and whether it was organizations or government to make that trips um, to and fro from Malawi to South Africa? I think initially the work was not that easy in, in Malawi. Anything in you is always difficult yes. and always strange and always suspicious uh, and suspicion goes around it. Obviously at that time also the uh, the mood of government was dictatorship. It was a one-party state and uh, life a president and full dictatorship, no democracy, no freedom, no any uh, sort of uh, expression of, of opinion or activities. So to work under that uh, circumstances was another challenge. But alhamdulillah, with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first and foremost, with the wisdom and experiences of the African Muslim Agency and their leadership, we managed to pull through those few years uh, until the democracy took place. Uh, by the way, it's the same year of 1994 that uh, democracy took place in Malawi and South Africa. In South Africa was in April, in Malawi was in May, month later. So you can see the change took place in the region and a year earlier actually in Zambia and Mozambique, uh, same also in the 1994. So the change took place and when the democracy appeared to be uh, the, the mood of the governance, I think it did help the charitable work to have the space of doing the job because our work is to serve the people uh, and not to interfere in the politics of, of, of any country, but rather to serve the people, upgrade the standard, uh, their living standard, the education standard. And from there, we and the government could see that we are all sharing uh, hands in hand in supporting the community at large to upgrade their uh, living standard. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, apart from, um, you know, the walls and, 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 and the boreholes, are, are there any education and medical facilities that you, uh, you um, support as well? And no doubt about it. We have a lot of uh, education institutions. We have colleges. We have uh, high schools. Actually, the education we started from the nursery school right through the colleges throughout Africa, throughout Malawi, in uh, Mozambique too. 
And in the healthcare, I think we try to contribute as much as possible because the healthcare is quite a specialized area and very difficult and, and costly. But in spite of that, we contributed to build uh, clinics wherever there is need. We always choose the most difficult area or the most needy area where there is uh, no hand has reached them from government or other uh, agencies. We try to do and support in those areas. With so many of these, um, you know, you mentioned earlier on, um, they live in, what did you call it? Um, not villages, was it villages that you've mentioned? Yes, they live, they, so, yes. so the clinics itself, how far apart are the clinics from the villages, um, you know, that has been established as well as, um, you know, if people are pregnant and they have to give birth, what, what help is there for them? Come, you're the woman and you know that. <laughs> Please share that with our listeners. What are the challenges that these pregnant women are facing? Well, um, sadly, until today, the, the challenges are still enormous uh, for them. Um, cl clinics are very, very far apart. They have to go many kilometers on foot often um, to reach those clinics. Um, there, there is still a relatively high um, mortality, uh, childbirth mortality rate. Um, but, uh, you know, this is where we always appeal to our donors, whatever they donate, it, it helps towards build, um, improving the, the standard of living and, and perhaps to, to build more clinics. Um, every clinic has made, of course, tremendous impact on the entire communities. And um, as we see, even in Cape Town, there's always shortage of health facilities and there it's just uh, so much more. So. The more people can contribute, inshallah, yeah, the better will be. Yeah, just listening to you, I don't think we can compare Cape Town with Malawi because they, they are so there's so little resources, and and we we at least have you know centres and hospitals, yeah, big hospitals as well. So when one looks at the challenges, um, you know, your, your child has a common cold today, and you rush off to the doctor. Yes. In Malawi, it's different. So, do people believe in you know using? Uh, we, we mentioned last week how um, you know the iman, the the, the, the you know how and and taqwa how 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 high right. the standard of uh, taqwa and iman is you know with Allah subhanahu wa taala. And you, and you were looking at um, you know um, children with common colds, and we run off to the doctor. What happens there? Do they have home remedies that they share with one another? Tell us about the life of of the people. Strangely, I don't know if colds has been much of an issue in Malawi. SubhanAllah, you know, as poor as they are and as naked as they may be and hardly having any clothing on their bodies, they're also, SubhanAllah, uh, fairly healthy um, children. If you see them, the most what affects them would be malnutrition. You see the swollen bellies. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anybody has focused on colds in Malawi. Maybe it's just too small an illness to focus on. Um, we we focus more on issues of malaria, um, tuberculosis, uh, such issues, life-threatening uh, diseases. So I, I suppose a common cold would just be a wiping of a nose. But uh, uh, also, of course, nobody indulges in luxuries and the kind of luxury life that we live here. So generally, they live a very natural life. They chew um, organic plants and foods and um, the teeth are beautiful white and you have to visit a dentist. So those are not the medical issues that people face in Malawi as we do here. Um, they don't have diabetes issues and heart uh, issues and all this kind of thing. But um, diseases that do affect them are things like malaria, um, TB, uh, major diseases. And uh, that is where they really need help. And of course in the women in childbirth and all this kind okay. of thing. And then power with treatment when it comes to TB? 
Um, well, usually at this point they, they would get the treatment at the government hospitals or at the clinics as, uh, you know, whichever organizations have managed to put up uh, private clinics. Um, and it, it, there's always room for improvement, of course, and the, the need is still great. You know, we, we often live in a, uh, we live a life of luxury if one compares it to the people of Malawi and yes. we're looking at our young daughters, you know, what it is that they want for eat mm -hmm. and we're looking at, uh, you know, the people of Malawi having fasted an entire month yes. and Sheikh had mentioned how you feed an entire village, subhanAllah, people coming from everywhere and sharing that iftar, um, it's yes. like a festival you've mentioned to us last week. So what happens on the day of Eid and I'm, I'm sure you've been there already, um, you know, at, at Eid as well. Yes. I think all the time in, in Ramadan we try to save some of the budget of, yes. of Ramadan and we try to create uh, happiness for them on the Eid day to have a Eid festival where we could cook a breakfast for them in the morning and some little uh, amusements and some little maybe football gift for the community and you'll see the children coming mashallah early morning in in whatever clothing they have maybe the best they they have oh, nice. to show their happiness and to show the, the eid perhaps my appeal i think to today to our listeners and our donors that if they may save some little things of their luxuries of uh, the preparation for Eid, I see the shops and markets and supermarkets and malls are full of all Muslim people shopping for themselves and their children and their dear ones. My appeal is to save, economize in some areas in one item or another and contribute towards the iftar program and, and saving towards the Eid program as well. We always have shortage of the Eid program, I think, because most of the time the budget hardly enough for Ramadan. So my appeal, I think, let us have this Eid in Malawi more colorful, uh, more happy and uh, more perhaps uh, supporting to the uh, Muslim children and, and, and the community at large in Malawi. Sister Shah has mentioned, speak about the them and the us, and if we take it away and leveling the ground, Sister Shah, this means that you've experienced this and um, it touches you to the core, as you mentioned earlier on. So, now just one related story to our listeners so that they can, you've, you've experienced this, you've lived in Malawi for a while as well, so you know the life of Malawians as well. Maybe a bit different, maybe you had it a bit better than others, but your life revolved around, around how helping others as well. Okay. Um, yeah, being a woman and, and then trying to relate to other women, um, um, the, the gap is very huge between our way of life and their way of life. But, um, you know, sometimes you just have uh, little experiences that touches you. Just one that comes to mind, uh, you put me on the spot, but one that just with my last visit to Malawi, um, we were visiting water wells. And we were tired, it was towards the end of the day, and you know, when you go to every village, there's the whole entire village has come out to welcome you, to sing songs for you. Um, you know, everything is a cheerful atmosphere, so, uh, you know, in a way you feel like a celebrity because children escort you from the moment you enter the village, you know, they run with the car and they're shouting and they're cheering and you have to wave and you have to smile and you have to, so, I, 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 you know. You get tired by the end of the day. So we were reaching one of the last villages for the day. And as we were walking in, the same chair and everything. And, uh, you know, as we walked in, there was a woman who, who came up to greet. And uh, she was soaking, soaking wet from head to toe. Her hands were dripping off water. And she was extending herself to 
uh, for for uh, a greeting. Now you know if my own child comes to me wet, I will then go and dry yourself yes. first before. So you cringe initially. Then I, you know, took a pause and, and, and I checked myself and I realized that this woman, because they don't know exactly what time you're coming to the village, she wanted to welcome us and she wanted to, you know, the whole day they are busy cleaning, washing, uh, you know, they're busy in the dust, there's mud, there's, uh, there's uh, dust everywhere. She had run to the water well to go and wash herself, to prepare herself to receive us in a clean state and in, in, in the best way. And I, I looked at her and I said, SubhanAllah, you know, I'm sure if Allah gives me the opportunity to ever come to the gates of Jannah, this woman, I will see her there. Amen. Um, for her sincerity, for her, her, you know, she did the best she could to welcome us and to show us her happiness that they had been given water and she cleaned herself. And, Yes, she was dripping of water, but she was beautiful. I just reached an altar. Um, so they are very human. They, they, mothers want the best for their children, the best for their families. They want to be better, but they, they need to be empowered. They need to be given education. They need to be given opportunities to better themselves. You know, they don't want to be dirty or, um, or, or live the miserable uh, circumstances that they are. They are human as us. If they are given opportunities, then they will be better. They will be. They will be better than we are. Subhanallah. Sheikh mentioned earlier on, um, you know, uh, basic education as well as um, college education as well. So for those students who completed uh, the education, is this tertiary education available for them in Malawi, or um, can they come to South Africa to further their studies as well? You see, the education in in Malawi, government provide through uh, the institutions yes. and uh, charitable organizations or NGOs so they have the educational institution to offer the people. The challenge in Malawi as we're always talking is enormous challenge. Sometimes a student is being accepted in the college or even in the high school but he is unable to pay his fees. Now, fees is a major issue in Malawi, major major issue in Malawi. I think if we want to help the the poor people in Malawi and the, particularly the Muslim community is to help them in the fees. Uh, in, in paying their fees and I think the African Muslim Agency is embarking on uh, school fees programs, scholarship programs starting from after Ramadan onwards okay. and uh, my appeal actually to the do generous donors and the uh, uh, community is to support this project because by educating a person you're empowering him for lifelong. Once he's educated, once he's able to finish his study and get a job then throughout his life and the life of his family and children, great-grandchildren, they will benefit from that. The entire village actually benefit. As uh, Shia mentioned that the people have that uh, family life and uh, relation, uh, interrelation life, they support each other. So every graduate I see, they try to help their families in paying the fees of their families. So it's like also uh, an investment which is a successful and profitable investment to invest in this school fees program for a child or a young students in Malawi. Just on that note, what is the currency um, used in Malawi? In Malawi, the currency is called kwacha, meaning freedom, uh, and uh, the rand is a plus minus 50 kwacha. 
Okay, so we should actually, you know, look into the calculations of, um, should we say, you know, paying the school fees of, uh, for an, on an annual basis per student, basically, and then, you know, sponsor the student for the entire year. Yes, from, from 1,000 rand per term, it could go up to 10,000. It depends on the level of education and the skill of, of which is offered. And uh, re recently, the government opened actually a nursing uh, college to produce nurses. And the people cannot afford that fees. Only few people can afford the fees or those who are being sponsored by other organizations yes. or other denominations. So Muslims always left out. And this is my, always my plea. Always I tell people that Muslims always left out because not many people care for them. And therefore we at Africa Muslim Agency, one of those to care for them. And my appeal is really to sponsor a nurse. You know, when you sponsor a girl to become a nurse, uh, I mean, it's a great uh, achievement when mm -hmm. she become a nurse. And also, by the way, Alhamdulillah, that the government from uh, the legal point of view and, and, and the law of the land, they have legalized wearing of the hijab to all women throughout the educational standard and throughout government offices. Okay. We in the so-called free and democratic and very well advanced and developed Europe are trying to ban the hijab and some countries they did ban it actually like in France and sometime in Germany and sometime in other places. In Malawi is the opposite. They are giving them more freedom because they can see the benefit of this hijab is bringing people with better behavior, better manners, better education, better service. They're serving their community, they're serving their land, they're serving their country. So here you are, you're educating people on educational background, on ethical background, on religious background, to be a better human, to be a better citizen. And this is where actually the Africa Muslim Agency and charitable organizations are achieving in creating better human through inculcating in them the values of the deen, the values of Islam, that is to serve humanity at large. Amen, inshallah. Just to touch on the water wells as well with our listeners in the boreholes. Well, we emphasize many times over and over the importance of the water wells boreholes project, that it is uh, changing the life of the community, changing the life of the families, changing the life of the individuals, actually changing the life of the country at large. The country recently acknowledged our contribution towards the boreholes in reducing the, for example, the disease of cholera because they used to use the dirty water and the water which is contaminated by diseases which cause cholera. And the Minister of Health acknowledged that way the boreholes was dug by the African Muslim Agency or perhaps any other organization, that the diseases of cholera is almost disappearing and uh, they complemented the effort of the African Muslim Agency in that. Uh, similarly, as we talked about, that people are able to fetch their water from nearby places where they were saving hours and hours every day, and they're using that uh, hours in developing their life, especially in going to school and back to school. You must remember, in Malawi, no buses goes to schools. It's all on uh, the foods. feet all the time and on foods, and which we call it number 11, bus number 11, <laughs> the two feet goes to school and back. And they walk for kilometers, by the way, that average is five kilometers going and five kilometers coming back. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if every day the girl, and I'm mentioning more girls because normally the girls are the ones serving the, the family. So if the girl walk five kilometers to fetch water and back, five kilometers, that's 10 kilometers average. She may take about uh, two hours perhaps to do the job. So she was deprived of the school. And many organizations tried to conscientize girls to go to school. But I would say there was no practical program and they did not 
identify what is the reason why girls are not going to school. Sometimes they go into theories and researches and especially those international organizations, then they don't go deep into the root uh, of, of, of the matter. While with us, with Africa Muslim Asia, simply you just give a family or a village a borehole or a water well and you solve most of the problems, if not all. So my emphasis again and again is to sponsor a water well or a borehole at the cost of 12,000 rand for the water well and 40,000 for the borehole. And many times people ask what is the difference. The difference the water well is you pull the water by hands and by rope, which gives them a little bit more, more, more job to do. Yes. But I think to save that hours of walking to those distances and uh, spend a few minutes in pulling the water, that will be fine. While the borehole has a hand pump, where the hand pump will bring the water to a pipe like almost a tap and people can fetch the water from the tap. That is the only difference, we're giving them a little bit uh, homework to put it from the water well, but the difference in the price is also quite significant from 12,000 around the water well and 40,000 borehole. Sure, it's amazing how we spoiled for choice and we know last week you said close your eyes and just envisage how many taps you have in and around your homes. And here we're looking at, you know, the borehole. So one wonders, are the water coming from the bowl and the well, is that drinkable? Does it have to be boiled before drinking? Not at all. I think both are very clean water and mm -hmm. actually is the cleanest water is coming through natural sieving of the of the ground yes. uh, and obviously they have to keep it uh, clean in the pots uh, or bottles or whatever facility they may have the possibility of dirtying it is just because if they don't have that facility so we're also training them how to cover the water and how to protect the water from dust and from other so lots of education goes in it's not just you know um, digging and, and 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 drilling but it's also educating yes, yes i think that interaction with the life of the people which is giving us the uh, perhaps the uh, happiness and uh, clarity of uh, of the way of life of the people. We really interact with them in every steps of, of their life and we improve this, their skills in order to improve their standard of living and we can see the difference is quite great, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Farah, coming back to you and speaking about, you know, contributions uh, towards uh, the wells and also the um, uh, the boreholes, how do people uh, contribute? How can they? Well, of course, we accept all uh, dif these different payment options, whatever okay. is convenient and easy for the donor, you know, whether they would like to pay it off over a period of time, we have a debit order running, um, you know, and we always encourage donors to, you know, this is uh, to provide water um, to as a gift to the deceased, you know, so if, if, if donors have a family member that's passed on, you know, one of the best gifts uh, that you could provide that loved one with would be water. Water. And for, for, for all those who benefit from the water well and boreholes, that will be the reward for goes will be will the the deceased will be receiving the reward inshallah and as well as the family members so you know even if you, we encourage donors for letting the families come together and doing a group contribution towards our water wells and boreholes and of course uh, coming into our offices and visiting us in a week they can also view some footage on the ground of the water wells and boreholes you know we have videos and pictures that we could show our donors and just so they also understand and have a better understanding of the water wells and boreholes in the line you know we in the last week of Ramadan and often people think 
saying that, you know, I've paid my zakat, so now it's time for me to do my shopping. But, you know, with uh, yourselves as uh, African Muslims Agency, it doesn't stop the feeling still continues up until the day of Eid and beyond. So how do our listeners get involved in that type of feeding? Okay, so for this week, inshallah, we, uh, you know, for Wednesday, being the 27th night, inshallah, we, would like, we will be doing a feeding f- um, on that night as well as in, as well as in Eid. On Eid, we, we will be having a feeding in Cape Town. The logistics are still being planned around that. We'll have um, confirmed details later in this week, inshallah. And then in Johannesburg, we have our Al-Furqan Islamic Center, we, we, African Muslim Agency Orphanage in the south of Johannesburg. And on Eid, we, ha- we feed the orphanage as well as the community um, of Khrasmia community. It's a very underprivileged community, so that's about 300 to 500 people that we feed on Eid um, in Johannesburg and, of course, in Cape Town and other regions as well. And of course, donors can get involved by, you know, sponsoring towards uh, provide, uh, sp- uh, donating monetary donations, as well as any food items. If they perhaps want to donate any food items, that's more than welcomed, inshallah. And um, of course, just to, to go back to the feeding um, the vill- village, you know, um, for Eid, that which is also the cost of 3,500, where you can feed an entire village, which is 500 people, on the blessed day of Eid. So inshallah, we'd like to encourage our donors to really, you know, um, keep some of that spending aside for our feeding campaigns for this inshallah. week, as well as our feeding on Eid, inshallah. Yes, one uh, WhatsApp message that came through, it says, Assalamu alaikum, I want to go with the Malawi to help, I want to help, it says, yeah. Okay. And then there's one that says, send me your email now. I'm not too sure whether that is for us. Um, you can have the email address, so if, if there's an email address, then will you share that as well? Yes, and absolutely. Then, Okay. okay, so the, our email address, they could email us at Cape Town at africamuslimsagency.co.za. Um, donors and listeners could also visit our website, which is www.africamuslimsagency.co.za. And they could visit us on 22 Belgravia Road um, in Belgravia. And that's, um, we open seven days a week in Ramadan on weekends from 9 to 4, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And during the week from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay, there's one listener that says, Aslamu I would like to donate money to other organizations as well. I'm a pensioner, don't have a can't, can't get to the bank. I donate through WhatsApp. Um, can't other organizations make it easy like that? I'm sure there's lots of other people that would like to do that as well. So this is via social media. I'm not too sure. I know people used to do it via SMS as well. So do you have an SMS line where people can donate and then... Yes, absolutely. I can I can give uh, my cell phone number zero seven two seven eight one double seven eight nine, and then also for uh, people who may, may not be able to ke- come through to us, we have a fundraiser at the office that will be able to drive through to our donors and collect any donations from them. some final words from your side, inshallah. Well, I think we praise Allah subhanahu wa taala continuously for keeping us healthy, keeping mm-hmm. us fasting the whole 25 days of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, allow us to pass this month of Ramadan, inshallah, in full health uh, and uh, full spirit of uh, contributing to our Muslim ummah at large, to our Muslim communities everywhere in the world, in Africa, in Malawi, in Mozambique, in South Africa. And we special thank and special prayer actually for our donors uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will empower them and reward them abundantly mm-hmm. and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open their hearts and their minds to continue this uh, great uh, task and a great uh, work of supporting the less privilege of our ummah uh, everywhere 
And alhamdulillah, always South Africa and South African donors are the role model, actually, of the world in their generosity, the understanding and the support of uh, all good causes in the entire Muslim world. And they were always uh, at the forefront of uh, any needs and any calamity we ever that happened in, in the world. I think this is a record. Uh, I always emphasize on it and I always pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to maintain that spirit, maintain that unity and uh, maintain their generosity uh, throughout the year inshallah ta'ala and once more that a few days i think as we are being asked by several uh, perhaps shiurs and ulamas and reminders that we should uh, accelerate our ibadah in this a few days in the hope of catching laylatul qadr catching the last uh, day of ramadan at the same time i would also ask them inshallah to accelerate their pockets once more Amen. and open it to <laughs> the fullest and give the last cent around and save uh, and uh, economize from few expenses here and there and pass it over to africa muslim agency and to any other uh, Islamic charitable organization doing this a great job of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who empower us to do this job and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all our efforts from all of us. Amen. I'm just a shame you mentioned earlier on while we were off air, you know, speaking of extravagance and how we approach shoes of 4,000 rand and, you know, you can have that and say, you know, the next, the, 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 the half of that you're going to donate to somebody else. So that child himself saying, I don't want this expensive, expensive shoes, let's buy two pairs in, in, instead or the money that was going to be spent on me spend it um, in, in uh, you know on somebody from um, in Malawi as well unfortunately we can you cannot take goods but yes. the, whatever is available there is good for the people to wear as well so that donation how important is it to get, get our kids into donating as well yes uh, uh, you're opening a, a whole new subject and we unfortunately won't have the time for that but I really would like to appeal to all my Muslim brothers and sisters and donors um, please, when you give charity, don't let it just be um, to receive Allah's reward or to dispense of your obligations. Do it to get to gain Allah's pleasure. Amen. And trust Allah in His reward. Um, and when you want to do something to gain Allah's pleasure, then you will get involved in it. It's not just a matter of dropping off money at African Muslims Agency offices or any other office. Um, um, you will think about who is going to be on the receiving end and if really you want happiness for yourself, for your family, for your children and you want success for them, then have a cause in your life, have a cause to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by caring for your neighbors, caring for your community and caring for other communities that are underprivileged. Think of them too. When you're doing your age shopping, think of the orphan who has never seen a new pair of shoes since you were talking about shoes. Mm. Get, engage your child, go to visit an orphanage and let him meet an orphan and then give him these 4,000 rand or 2,000 rand or 1,000 rand for issues and tell him go to buy two pairs, one for you, one for the orphan. <laughs> and don't you think that child would be more proud and more happy with that? than it would be with these 2,000 rand of, 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 of branded shoes. Okay. So this, this brings us to our final question to you, um, that is uh, Farah. Speaking about the Eid gift as well, sponsoring an Eid gift. Yes, uh, we'd love to encourage our donors to, you know, share the joy, happiness and excitement of Eid coming up, inshallah, and sponsor a an orphan with an with a Eid gift for only 100 rand. And that's a little Eid uh, gift a gift box, where, which consists of toys, stationery and blankets. Um, so inshallah, Please, donors, you know, um, we, we know how excited all of our kiddies get uh, for Eid, you know, with all the gifts and new clothing and all of that. So we can try and share that joy and happiness with those who are much less fortunate Father? than we are. 
Share the physical address and contact number once again with our listeners. Okay, so the physical address is 22 Belgravia Road in Belgravia, and then the um, our, our landline is 021-699-0545, and our website is www.africamuslimsagency.co.za. The Sheikh and Sister Sheikh and also yourself, Father, shukran for being in studio with us, for that inspiration that Thank you shared you with our listeners this morning. Firstly, with myself, subhanAllah, and it, it, it's really food for thought, no lawmakers, of those who will open our eyes and our ears, oh, you know, and be open to, to give uh, abundantly to those in need, inshallah. Shukran yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to visit us in Malawi, inshallah. Amen. And whoever wish to visit us in Malawi, will facilitate that as well. Amen. Inshallah. Shukran. 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 Sh